This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hey, we have a good episode for you. I mean, maybe we left you hanging last week. Maybe you already think you know the outcome of the story. Maybe you do already know the outcome of the story, but we are back. But before we get going with our story, of course, we have some reminders for you. Yeah, first is, or, you know, I guess we can put them all together, but um, you can check us out on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and you can interact with us. Um, and so check us out, like, and follow us. You can slide into our us. DMs if you want to really. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like it's a really good thing. <laughs> and so, Actually, uh, truth be told, we probably wouldn't check it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we probably would. But, uh, yeah, you can check out our, our website, reclaimingfamilies.com org and uh, there's a lot of good content on there and you check out our blogs our podcasts some articles some free resources give us five stars share 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 that's right that's right the more i think people use the website the more people interact with us on social media the more we get out and we really are about reclaiming families we want to be a strong voice in the world of um speaking into a family and so uh, we love your help, love your support in that, and it's very simple if you can just um, follow us. Yeah. Uh, so. so last week, we told you guys a little bit about our dating story, some of the things that we have learned along the way, and then this week, we want to follow up with that. Um, and, you know, Randy mentioned that the for him, not for us, but for him, the I guess his outlook on dating and me as a woman started to change, or maybe his, uh, yeah. And so, you want to pick back up there? Yeah, let's pick it back where it got good. Was I kind of came to the point in my life where I realized that um, I really didn't trust God with my relationships, and uh, but I came to the point where I began to, and that was the point where. It started to get good. Yeah, and so just a recap, we had had a conversation where I told him when he was ready to marry me, he could ask me out on a real date, but only after he had gotten the approval of three men in my life. And so then, you know, we had both dated other great people, but now we're both single. That's right. And that's where it picks but, up. But also, I didn't know Hillary was single. Um but I, I didn't know Randy was single either. I actually right. had dinner with his roommate and was like, what is that Randy Little trying to do? And his roommate was like, Hillary, you better make it hard for him this time around. And I was like, make it hard? I ain't even going to talk to him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, uh, so I, yeah, right now, let's, let's start back. I liked Hillary. I said, God, um, I'm not going to date anybody else until... This door is just closed with Hillary, and I'm going to know it's closed when she gets married. And I would say at the same time, for me, I was being convicted that I was 
like single-handedly kind of driving a wedge in our community um, because people were starting to feel like, okay, if we can only invite one or the other. That's right. <laughs> and so I just was at a point where I was like, I have to grow up and quit like making people feel like that. And I don't need to, you know, start flirting with Randy and like put the guard on my heart down. But I like, we can start being at the same things pretty much. Yeah. And I didn't know that about that was going on your, your heart. And so, uh, we ended up at watching a football game at our friend Alex's house. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I made this decision and, uh, and I think part of my heart, I said, you know, this is good. Like, one was I knew the character that Hillary had. I knew the kind of woman she was. Um, I knew about her persevering through tough things and trusting God through hard things. And, and uh, um, yeah, just her pursuit of the Lord. I knew her, her fun and the energy she brought to everything she did. And, and just I, I just admired her. I just admired her. And so, um, so and, and I knew, too, of like, that my job as a man is to uh, is to take care of, is to lead, provide, and protect the woman that I marry. And I also began to have a sense that, you know, God, this is an excellent woman to marry. And I think, God, this is the woman. A woman like this is who you would have me to marry. And uh, and I really felt like it was Hillary. And uh, so, yeah, I was able to trust God. Not knowing the outcome. I'm thinking at this moment, she's still dating somebody else. And I would say I was pretty set on not giving Randy another shot. Like, we can be in the same room. We can have the same friends. But, like, we're not going to be friends. But I would say slowly around that time, we started to, like, casually catch up here and there. And I guess at that point, you started having conversations with those guys. Right. And so I knew, okay, I said, if, if I'm going to be serious about dating Hillary, then I have to do it in community and I have to do it. I have to uh, really get the approval of these men that are around her. And, that and they were all wife. older men yeah. that like were kind of like spiritual fathers to me. That's right. And in, in ways, spiritual fathers to me too. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, it's the same men that gave me advice before that I didn't heed their advice. And ended up marrying us later. That's right. And, uh, and it's wild. It's like it was not just one year later, but like two years later. Yeah. And uh, so. At this, yeah. By the time we got married, it had been three years since every, like the first bout of everything happening. Right. So, so it, it had been a, a it had been a saga. So really, like looking back, his... Um, advice to wait a year that'd been so much faster yeah it would <laughs> so, have you know it so it's a uh but our story is what it is and so yeah i began to sit down and just have conversations with all these men about uh my desire to pursue hillary to marry hillary and, you know it's the first time in my life too where it was really done in community very well and i knew that if this council of these people didn't like the decision that there was nothing I was, or didn't like me marrying Hillary. There was really nothing I was going to do that was going to change their mind. It was kind of like, God, you're in control. 
and I can kind of be open-handed about this. Yeah, I want this, but I can be open-handed about it. Yeah. At that point, there had been people that weren't just like my peer friends, like, you know, be like, oh, what about Randy? But like people started to ask me questions about Randy. Like, what are my thoughts on him? And I was like, I'm just kind of like, we're kind of starting to become friends, but like, I'm not going to go there again. And, um, I don't know which came first. I think it was this conversation, but I was talking to my boss on staff with this college ministry and he was like, well, I'm going to be straight up with you, Hillary. He came to me and wants to pursue you. And, um, I don't really know, you know, what to say to him because I don't want him to start doing something that you do not want him to do. But I think it could be a good thing. And I was just like, what? Like, you know, like I, I was so confused. It's like, wait, you were one of the guys that, you know, was trying like kind of protecting me from him or protecting. Yeah. Him, me from him. Yeah. And now you're saying like, this could be a good thing. And he told me some things like the reasons why. And I knew that, you know, Randy loved our, our church because I knew he loved Knoxville. And just from some of the things that this guy was telling me that would kind of happen if, if this wasn't the real deal with him, then I was like, okay, I think he's serious about it, but like, will I ever be able to trust him? And anyways, funny story. One of my friends and I are talking about like what would be fun to do over, um, the next week or so. And I think it happened to be Valentine's day. And I was like, it'd either be fun to like get all of us together and go swing dancing, or it would be really fun to go skiing. And I kid you not the next day I get a group text with Randy where it was like, Hey, I'm planning a big swing dance. Who all wants to be a part? And I remember texting my, my girlfriend and being like, did you tell him? And she was like, I kid you not. It is a coincidence. I promise you. And I was like, unbelievable. I was like, well, you respond first. I'm not going to be the first to, to respond. And so. Yeah. Like, and at this point it was, it's pretty fun where I got the approval of um, some of these men. And I can't remember if it's all in my, I think it was. And, uh, and so they're like, yeah, you can, you know, begin to pursue her. Uh, but also I want to back up to and say uh, that uh, just think about what Hillary said about the value of community in this respect regards was I could talk to people, a third party, and this third party could go and talk to Hillary and get her thoughts and they could come back to me. And kind of give their thoughts. And and so I'm not having to guess, hey, does, is Hillary in this position where I, I kind of, I know where she's at. And then Hillary knows where I'm at. And it's a third party helping mediate the relationship. And that. And they could also filter. Yeah. And so, you know, part of it sounds like middle schoolers on three-way phone calls. But it's like, it wasn't that. It was so helpful and beneficial to us. That's right. That's right. And it wasn't just one person, but it was multiple people, right? Multiple people. Who... And it was people above us and people walking alongside. And I mean, not to that same degree, but I mean, it was a very, our whole community knew what was going on and were a part of it. Not just like, oh, I think Hillary and Randy, but it's like, they knew what was happening. That's right. 
And anything bad, they could say, hey, now, hey, this is not good. And I would have listened to them. That's right. Because Hillary's at this point where been very hurt in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm in this point trying to earn her trust. And uh, and so I already know, like, yeah, I don't get infinite amount of shots here. Yeah. And uh, so. Didn't even think you had one more, but I guess he did. And so it's it's right. I didn't even think that. But yeah, you're right. Um, I didn't think that. <laughs> So anyways. I was hopeful for that. Yeah. So but we planned this Valentine's party. So I'm thinking at this point, I'm like, you know what? We can just do some fun things. And one of the things I loved when I was in college was we do this Valentine's Day dance. And I would dance with Hillary because she was a staff girl and I was a staff guy. And uh, instead of me dancing with the college students. He liked to look into my eyes. <laughs> I danced with Hillary and I really enjoyed it. Like we really had he a good time. He wrote that in a letter, but he denies it. I still have it, so he don't let him deny it too much. No, I don't deny that. I did he enjoy it. Wanted- it was a masquerade ball and I only, the only thing I could see was her eyes. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's, uh, but it was a lot of fun. So I was like, you know what? I live in this nice loft with a 13 foot ceiling and a big old living room. I can get all my friends at church and uh, I'm going to throw on a Valentine's Day party. And you know what? A lot of people, they didn't like the idea. But it wasn't about them. It was about Hillary. You know? It's like, <laughs> but no, they did not know that at the time. That's like, right. it all started to come together for them when I'm like, did you guys know that Randy wrote me this letter? And it's like, oh. So, anyways, he has this event planned. This is where I think it starts to get funny. But he asked me to talk to him. Like, if we can talk on Friday, get together and talk. And I'm like, no. Like, I'm still guard up. I'm like, no, whatever you have to say to me, you can say to me before or after church on Sunday when there's a lot of people around. And he's like, um, well, can I drop a letter off in your mailbox? Or can I give you a letter or come by and talk to you or something? And I was like, I'm going to be gone, but you're more than welcome to drop it off in my mailbox. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still, like, he's having to work for it. And I got home, got the letter, and he was asking, that's when he said he loved to look in my eyes when we would dance, and um, he asked me to be his date to the Valentine's dance, and I texted him or called him, I can't remember, I think I texted him and you called me, I don't remember, I can't remember, but I said, no, I will not be your date um, we could probably dance together. That's right. And so I was like, but you should also dance with Alex and Amanda and all of our other friends that are going to be there. Like it's not nothing special between me and you. And then what was really funny is we went to these swing dance lessons and the partner switched like every 30 seconds. And we actually never made it to dance together at the dance lesson. But then we went over to his apartment and we danced a little bit. And he ended up driving me home, and we had a long conversation, and he was pretty much like, I want to pursue you. And I was like, Randy, I like you, but, like, I cannot trust you. And so what I'm willing to do is, like, maybe start a friendship again. And to me, that was like, that's incredible. You know, that's that's way, way beyond what I deserved in that moment. And, uh, for my past. And so I'm just thinking like, praise God. Yeah. I'm so thankful that, uh, that I threw on this dance and, 
you know, just courageous enough to pull it together. And I just thought, you know, just for Hillary being my friend again, like I've just missed our friendship. What an incredible win. And, and so, again, like our whole community knows what's going on. And so they know that Hillary and Randy are friends again. And then all of a sudden it becomes like every weekend, what can we do to where Hillary and Randy get to spend time together? Yeah, so, you know, um, we're we, going to Max Patch. Yeah, we. One of the funniest things is that we hiked Max Patch and then cooked a pot roast over a fire. That's right. Um, we had movie nights, went bowling, all kinds of things, and you know, it was one of those things where I didn't realize that everyone else knew what was going on. But then one of my friends was like, "Oh, we're doing this for you two to hang out," and I was like, "Uh," and she's like, "No, don't worry. Like, we're all glad to be a part of it." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> that's right. That's right. So again, our big hit right here would be date in community. Oh my goodness. And at that point, I am telling my, like I've mentioned, my friend, my mentor, and um, her response, I could not make this up if I tried. I'm telling her everything, and I look over at her, and she's tearing up, which, you know, is not. This is the same woman that said in a text to me. Yeah, she's saying, pushing the brakes, yeah, pushing the alone. brakes. Don't touch me. Her husband's pushed the brakes on him, which he was the one that, one of the ones that gave Randy advice, like, or gave him the green light, and she just looks at me with tears in her eyes, and it's like, I just can't help but think, like, what if this is your love story? And I was like... <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Like, could not believe that those were the words out of her mouth. But, um, yeah, it was just, that's just a funny memory to think back on. But I think what's key there is that that they're validating the relationship. Yeah, they're that saying, is hey, what's key there. This is a, this can be a good thing. And uh, because in my life, I'm always asking, like, God, what, what is right here? What is, what's a good thing? And when I have people behind me saying, yeah, Randy, this is a good thing. It allows me to have the courage to step up and and walk forward because it's like, God, I believe this is the right thing. And as long as it's the right thing, I believe that I'll have the courage to do it. I think, you know, you know, by God's grace, he'll give me the courage to do it. But if it's the wrong thing, I start to get a little bit like, I don't know. I get hesitant, but but I had all these people around me saying, "Good golly, we love this." Yeah, and uh, which was funny. Yeah, like, that's right. They weren't saying that a year ago. No know, way. Or, or the, or, Absolutely you know, not. Before. So, so yeah, we did date and we dated the community, and it was a lot of fun. But also another thing is that well, we weren't dating yet. We weren't dating. We were just hanging out all with, the time, in groups. Yeah, and uh, that was when Randy used to go to group fitness with me. Ask me the last time he's done that. That's right. That and that stage of dating, probably. <laughs> but uh, I went maybe once or twice after. But uh, but yeah. So I also at the time I began to be very intentional. So this group, um, I I kind of wrote out a plan of like, okay, my plan is that I'm going to date for so and so long, and the the goal is to get Hillary to trust me, and if she can't trust me, then we can't get married, and so I'm going to pursue a friendship with her, and I'm going to give her X amount of time and uh, and then kind of reevaluate and see where we're at. But if she does trust me, then it's like I'm going to, we're going to get engaged and we're going to get married. And I kind of had this plan and it had a timeline in it of, okay, it's going to be a year from now or, or whatever. And it was very intentional. And I think that is a big deal 
especially for men who just want to date and date and date and date and not embrace uh, just the decisions around dating and getting married. And it's like, how long do you have to date to get to know somebody? Well, you don't have to date for uh, 10 years to get to know somebody. Now, you're never going to know somebody fully, but you'll know somebody probably good enough to know, uh, hey, should I pursue this person? And in community, it makes it even better. Like, you know that person even better because you know not just that person, but what their friends think about that person. And so, I don't know, having that timeline, timeline and being intentional with it was another marker, I think, of me being a man and stepping up and saying... There's a difference this time. It was a difference. And I also was like, it just felt right. It just felt good. And uh, that was more just reassurement. Or it was just reassuring of... I don't know if reassurement is a word, but it was reassuring of the relationship. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was excited and uh, pushing forward. Yeah. But keep in mind, at this point, we have not done anything one-on-one we are not dating and like we're not acting like we're dating at this point i think the closest i got to hillary was putting my arm around her at max patch for, for a, a picture group photo. <laughs> and it's yeah. hanging on our wall today right. that was the closest we got and uh but so. i would say in that time kind of leading up to it as i, I remember Again, Sherry, my, like, just being like, you need to be on your knees saying, Lord, lead me, Lord, lead me, Lord, lead me. And I feel like that was my prayer through it all. And um, there were kind of two things that God was doing in my life. One is, gosh, I think it might have been my sophomore year of college or maybe senior year of college. I made a list of non-negotiables that, like, it might sound cheesy, but I went back and, like, edited it periodically. That's like, this is a non-negotiable. Like, I would rather be single the rest of my life than marry someone who did not meet these qualifications. And um, I had that list. Some of my friends knew about the list and kind of like, oh, well, cause there's every now and then it's like, well, I don't really know about this with this person or this with this person. And, um, Randy got to a point where he met, um, from what I could tell at this point in our relationship, all of those qualities. So that gave me confidence. But then also, um, I was reading a book called Future Grace by John Piper And the whole premise of the book is that because God has been good to us and been gracious to us now or in the past, so he called it bygone grace, like pretty much because Jesus had died on the cross for us because we had come to know him and and he had shown his character to us, that we can walk by faith in future grace. So as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how God had been so gracious to protect me in the past, specifically in relationship with Randy. And I was able to um, just be reminded that God's character does not change, that God's love for me does not change, and that my standing with him does not change. So I can walk by faith in future grace, that he's going to continue to act the same way towards me that he has in the past. And so I walked in confidently knowing that the Lord would continue to protect me, that he would continue to be gracious towards me. And it was also this unique thing where it was like, like something in me, I don't like, this is probably just bad theology, but there was something in me that felt like if it's something that I really wanted, 
then it could not be in God's will. And so I know that that's twisted, but it was this moment for me too in all of that where I started to realize like, God might be giving me what I want. Like, it could be that I don't have to just keep saying no, 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 because I want it, but it could be that God's being gracious and he's giving me a sweet gift that I don't deserve and that I just get to to have and, and enjoy. And so I'm like processing through all this stuff and I come to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to put the, like, cause I've, I've halted Randy, like do not pursue me. We'll be friends, but you stay at an arm's length from me. And so I told Randy like, Hey, I would like to have another conversation with you. And I think you thought I was going to say, never mind, like, back up, bucko, don't come close. I did, I did. We met at a coffee shop. Yeah. And uh, we did these weird hammock things. Yep, and I said, I'm going to put the ball back in your court. A hammock chairs or something. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that was, when Hillary said that, that was um, a very defining moment, right? It was like, it was. I think you cried. I don't know if I cried. You teared up. And, uh, but what she's saying to me is that, hey, Randy, I trust you to lead us. And that is just. I was saying I trust the Lord. I wasn't saying I trust trust Randy. I was saying I trust the Lord. But I'm going to allow you to lead us. Yeah. In my trust. And so it was like this idea like, okay, she's, not only are we becoming good friends again, is that Hillary trusts me that if I'm going to take us toward marriage, she says, Okay, I, I trust the Lord, and I'm going to allow you to drive the relationship. And uh, and that, to me, was just an incredible um, gift from her to say, you lead, Randy. You be the man. You pursue me. You drive this relationship. And uh, if we're going to get married, lead the way. And in my mind, I was saying, like, I'm... Like, there wasn't a question in my mind, like, if we were going to have a relationship, who would lead it, I guess. But in my mind, I was saying, okay, if I've had the e-brake on, I'm taking it off and you can, you can drive lead. this where where it, where it you're going to drive it. Right. That's exactly right. And so, um, yeah, I think from that day, that's where I began to realize, like, okay, this timeline, this plan, this can't be executed. And he, when he asked me to date him, and this is not something I'm recommending for every couple, but you guys have all heard our, if you listen to the last episode, you've heard our history. And so when he asked me to date him, he, he said three things. You remember your three things that you said? I want to date you. <laughs> no. <laughs> you said, number one, we're going to get to know each other's families. Number two, this is moving towards engagement. Number three, I want to do pre-engagement counseling with Mark and Sherry. Yeah, yeah. those are all great three things. But I, again, I'm not recommending that as a piece of dating advice because if you said that to someone like you met on Bumble or something, it probably is a little inappropriate. That's right. But if you have like major history with them, it's probably good to state your I w- your intentions. I don't even know if it'd be inappropriate if you could get someone in a room <laughs> taking you know pre-engagement or dating advice from somebody else. Could be very beneficial, but but I think the point for us was it was just more community, right? It was more unpacking of our past because we we have to unpack it. There has to be trust established here, and it just helped to get out like 
what was the past? Like, how did I really feel about how everything was hap- like happened? What was actually going on in his mind? Just so it wasn't like, you can assume so much. And, you know, what what he said that day was, there's a way you see it, the way that I see it, and the way it really is. And so it was an opportunity to, to kind of try to see the way it really was. That's right. And so uh, how are we getting those three things? I said, what now? We're going to know family, pre-engagement, counseling. And we're moving towards engagement. That's right. And so that was just executing the plan. And, uh, and when it comes to these big milestones of getting engaged, uh, hey, it's, it's being courageous and not being afraid and walking into that. Like, I'm, you know, and so, um, and, so, yeah, you know, we had, that was like a good time, just like trusting the Lord and what to be vulnerable about and what, you know, to, to keep till a little later on, we had, you know, conversation, like we all, I mean, even our, our physical boundaries, like we decided to not kiss until we were married and, um, you know, we had different boundaries. I, I can't remember if we had like a being alone late boundary. I don't remember if we did or not. Can't remember, but <laughs> but it would be a good thing if you don't have that. It could be a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I think the the lesson there was, um, you know, I had admired Hillary, and I was going to protect her beauty. Like I was going to protect her, and I was going to protect her heart, even though I was pursuing her. I didn't need to be kissing her. I didn't need to make out with her because that wasn't driving. Um, that wasn't going to, it wasn't needed. It wasn't beneficial. It was actually it's detracting from the relationship. It was taking intimacy that is reserved for marriage and bring it to the future or bring it to the present that is, is reserved for the future. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it just, it really did allow the connection to be through shared experiences and conversations so we had, like, I, I love spending quality time with people. And um, I feel like probably at least once a week we had some kind of quality time. Um, for the most part, just the two of us at least once a week. Yeah, I remember we are going through like 101 dating questions or something like 101 that. 101 questions to ask before you get engaged. Yeah, right. it's a book that we someone recommended to us. And it was fun to go through those questions. Um, but, yeah, so... Moved in that direction, and then we got engaged. <coughs> and so I guess we officially dated for about two and a half months, and then I went to New Zealand again and um, then got back. And so we were engaged for two and a half months, and then so about five months we were married. Um, anything you'd like to say other than that? Yeah, I was just going to say, I remember the engagement party. Uh, we were pretty – I was pretty – mentally exhausted Mm -hmm. i remember when i asked Hillary to marry me and the last thing i was thinking was yeah we playing this big party and i'm just drained you know Mm -hmm. like i feel like i've been just he didn't actually talk to me that date except for asking me to marry him so i knew something was up eventually that's right and so but at the same time it was a big party and all our friends that had walked with us yeah were there and uh, they were celebrating with us they were rejoicing with us and it was a great Like, I think our engagement was awesome, and our marriage was even better. Our wedding. Our wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, it, uh, our wedding was a huge celebration with this same group of people. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was, that's our story, how we came together. And so, 
I think to recap some of the lessons. Are we going to go a little bit further too? Uh, we can. What are you thinking? What's what's in mind? I was going to go when we got married. Well, let's recap. Recap what you wanted to recap. Let's recap real quick. And so, you know, I was just thinking that when you're looking to date somebody, um, you want to date in community, even if it's on Bumble, even if it's on some some weird dating site where you don't know them. You need to dating get to know community. them. And yeah. if somebody is saying, "Hey, I just want to get to know you," I think that needs to be a let's not necessarily let's date, let's be friends. And this is I'm shooting from the hip right here, so if you think I'm wrong, let me know. But I, something I hear a lot is people like thinking it's weird to have spiritual conversation or share a testimony. Like I'm not talking your whole past, but like three minute testimony on a first date. And I would say that if somebody cannot tell you how Jesus has changed their life on a first date, then you might not need to go on a second date. Now, again, that's opinion, but for me, if like if Jesus is really the most important thing in my life, then he should probably come up on the first date and probably come up for the other person too if it's going to be compatible. Yeah, that's so. I think it's, it's it's healthy, it's good. But I, that's just something I hear a lot. So that's, that's right. not anything related with our story because we knew each other and all that. But and so it's 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 community is a good thing, and it's not it's not to keep you from getting your way. It's to keep you from falling off the rails into destruction, which yeah. might be, you know, you know. Yeah. And so it's for your good. It is. And it's for both both parties' good. So pursue it. Pursue it. Get some friends around you. I think the second one is date somebody who knows themselves and knows their own shortcomings and their own pitfalls and is actively guarding against them. And I would also add to that, date somebody that is in active pursuit of the Lord and you know that they are, like you're confident that they're pursuing the Lord or marry somebody. Like Sometimes you have to date them, I guess, to know if they're pursuing, but don't get caught up in the emotional like pull. Like, and that's why it's so hard. Like, cause once you go on so many dates and your heart gets wrapped up, it's hard to push the brakes and say no then. And so, but it's like, it is so, like, it is better to be single the rest of your life than marry someone that is not going to push you to the Lord. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know if that's true. There's. We know people who are married to people who don't love the Lord, that's but right. and, they, and they're doing great. Yeah, that's right. Well, they're not doing great, but they're in a happy marriage. But I would just say, if you want to prevent that from happening, then marry somebody who loves the Lord, so that you can be on the same page in the most intimate areas of life, and you can be on the same page in raising your children and. Um, how to process big, major life events. Like, it is so important. Um, yeah, to be on the same page spiritually. Yeah. So, but... I would I would say another one is to be able to trust God with the results of your relationship. And so, um, you know what? When you can kind of come to a relationship, and I call it standing on my own two feet. If I can stand on my own two feet... I don't like that he says that because I feel like married people shouldn't actually stand on their own two feet. <laughs> but right, right. I'm going to change it to being satisfied in the Lord. That's right. I think we can change it to being satisfied in the Lord and say, when I can rest in the Lord and I don't have to have Hillary's approval, I don't have to have it to, um, you know, 
complete me or I don't have to have it to make me happy. But I can say, God, you are good in this situation and I can trust you. That even though my wife is disappointed or my this girlfriend is disappointed, you satisfy me. And I want to be a man in this situation. And I want to care for her, but I don't have to have her approval. All of a sudden you can you can serve, you can give your life for another person. And um, it's not it doesn't become toxic in the sense of it's not toxic because you don't need them to fulfill your needs. Your needs are already fulfilled in Christ. That's right. And I can kind of give you what you need rather than what I'm kind of doing some moral calculus on on what you will, will, will like and be happy. Like I, it's, it's no longer manipulative, but it's serving. That's right. I think that's, that's a great way to put it. And so, so I think that in a relationship, you have to stand. You have to on be, your own teeth. You have to be satisfied with <laughs> right, the right. Lord. And because uh, um, you both parties are coming to serve each other. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I would say that it could sound like, you know, we had a rough start and then the Lord did a lot of work and everything's been happily ever after since then. But it's even funny, like when we think about getting married, we had, we describe our first seven months of marriage very different from one another. Um, and so I do want to super briefly play that or like just describe this a little bit. But I think that, is that okay? It is, but I was going to finish up on um, the, the things that the lessons learned. So, you know, three things real quick and then we'll hit that. You already said three. Well, there's like five of them, six of them. Oh, the group. Is someone who's courageous and willing to face <laughs> their fears, right? I think that whoever you're married to or dating, or I'll say dating, whoever you're dating, um, you want to date somebody who's courageous and willing to face his fears and doesn't allow his fears to dictate his life. Or, and then two, someone that, a man that leads and pursues and takes responsibility. That if a man doesn't lead and pursue and take responsibility, but if he's like, ah, I just want to hang out and get to know you. And uh, he's not uh, taking responsibility to protect you and to pay for the date, then probably not a good guy to be dating and marry. And I think lastly is someone who admires, loves, and protects um, what is beautiful. What is beautiful. And so um, not somebody who is lustful trying to appease their own lust, but somebody who recognizes what is beautiful and says, you know what, that's beautiful and I'm going to protect it. That's good. And I'm going to protect it. So. so really, I mean, I think fruits of the spirit <laughs> is what you've just described. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness faithfulness, self-control. So in so many ways, I feel like um, what you just described can be summed up to some, de- to some degree or another in that. Um, I think so. I think so. So what's going to our marriage now? Yeah, yeah. Or, so, or our marriage a year in. So. Yeah. And so when we first got married, it was like, got home from the honeymoon. And I would just say all of this lack of trust that was built in the beginning of our marriage was still there. And for me, I had to fight for joy. Marriage was very, very difficult. Um, For Randy, it was easy. (laughs) He, it was easy for him. He did not understand what I was dealing with. Um, I started going to counseling and I realized that for me, a lot of my struggles did not have really anything to do with, Well, no, they had stuff to do with Randy. Like we were on completely different pages 
we expected different things. Our families of origin are very different. And so the way his parents, you know, interact with one another is very different than what I saw growing up or what my mom and stepdad, how they interact. And so all of these things were coming together. We had different expectations. Um, there was our past, that lack of trust. And so um, I was really struggling to have joy. And it was like a really big fight to have joy. But I went to counseling and realized that a lot of those issues did not actually have anything to do with Randy. But it was a lot of what culture had told me about marriage and about sex. A lot of what um, men in my family had told me unknowingly about those things. And so I was putting on him a lot of what I just expected him to think because so many other influential men in my life had thought or acted a certain way. But two things I think that are really impactful and we could do whole other podcasts on both of these topics and maybe one day we will but I just think that if we're telling our story to not make it sound like oh happily ever after it's important to throw this in here Uh, but it's also important to see where God has grown us and been gracious to us but one thing was um, of course Sherry and I were talking and she just reminded me that in Ephesians 5 like the, the call to husbands and wives, like it's a call for husbands to love their wives and lay down their life for their wife, no matter how the wife responds to it. So it's almost like when I'm reading that, it can sometimes be like a, if he, then I, or an if she, then I. Um, but it's like for the wives, it's, you know, submit to your husband, respect your husband. And that's not on the grounds of if he loves you well or if he lays down his life for you. Like you are called to these roles no matter what. And so it's almost like, you know, in she was saying in this one wedding she went to that the the pastor was like, hey, close your ears in this part because it doesn't it doesn't really matter to you. Love your wife. And then okay, you close your ears, you open your ears, you know what I'm saying? Like so it's just like the wife hears the call to the wife without expecting anything in return. And I think that was really powerful for me and knowing that as a Holy Spirit that empowers me to be able to do that. But also in counseling, um, probably one of the most impactful things that changed our marriage, not just my perspective, but I think our perspective, is that the counselor kind of Um, I don't know, urged Randy or whatever that word would be, charged Randy to fight to be a picture of the Redeemer in my story. So Randy cannot be Jesus in my story, but he can fight to be a really great picture of Jesus. He can help redeem my past and help, um, help me see a picture of what manhood and masculinity and even what femininity truly is so yeah I would say it's definitely been a journey like marriage has been a journey together but it's, a, it's been a journey to pursue God's design and that's why we love reclaiming families is because this journey that we have been on and are on still has been so much better than I could have ever imagined yeah and I think it would be that way for you as well, is uh, is pursuing God's design is just, it creates flourishing in families. And our family, as we've gone through 
very hard times and great loss and very fun times. It's so wild to look at my wife and like, I love her so much more now than I do the day we got married. Or even just the intimacy of being able to like something happen and the other one know what that the, the other is thinking. That's right. It can kind of like have that empathy for one another and know like, and nobody else in the room knows. And that's just, I mean, we're only three years in, but that's not where it was, you know, in this point where we were just describing. And so that's right. I would say that that, that counseling and being that fighter for redemption is in some degree, we got pregnant, had a miscarriage shortly after that. And I would say that all of those things work together to really be a, a changing point for that's right our marriage. And, you know, and, and it does like, I go back to stand on your own two feet, that kind of idea that the language is wrong, I know, but because like, I feel like we did start to stand as one with right. only two feet instead of like four feet separate. I'm fine without you. Yeah, that, that's the that's the language my wife doesn't like. Is I'm fine without you, but it's that hey, my job is to love and serve my wife regardless of how she responds, and uh, and then her job is to to love and submit and serve and give her life to me. And when we, regardless of how I respond, and when you do that, and that's a struggle. That's but. a struggle, no doubt. It's a struggle, but when you do that, man, there's so much flourishing in it, and so much joy in it, regardless of how my wife responds. So much joy in, in yeah, not all the time. I'm I'm a I'm a wicked, sinful, fallen human being, but when I do serve her, regardless of how she responds, like I get a lot of joy from it, and uh, so. Um, that's our story of how we got married, some marriage advice and dating advice, dating advice. And we'd really y'all recommend, uh, you know, check it out, listen to it. Think about some of the things we said, maybe how does it apply to your dating relationship? If you're in a dating relationship and, and, uh, and if you're not dating and you never plan to like you're, or hopefully you're still planning to if you're married, but no matter the season, hopefully it's just an encouraging story. It's encouraging for me just to like tell it yeah. and remember where the Lord has brought us um, and where he will continue to grow us and bring us. So hopefully you feel like you know us a little bit better and you feel pointed to Jesus. That's right. That's it. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.